are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? Always a wonderful host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, it's a jam-packed show as always. First half of the pod is going to be, you know, mini bits and segments from my conversation on the Locker Room app last Friday. And remember, this Thursday on the Locker Room app, follow me at Miller Thomas because me and Javi are going live to do a little pregame show. And then it's going to lead into the first couple innings on the Locker Room app. And then we're going to take it over to his channel for the postgame show and start around the eighth or ninth inning and then do a little postgame recap. So go follow us on the Locker Room app and join us for some baseball opening day talk. But on today's pod, I want to talk a little bit about Caleb Smith and Merrill Kelly. That's what I talk about in the Locker Room uh, conversation. Also, talk about whether the D backs going to be buyers or sellers at the deadline in that conversation and I even do a little Alex Young versus Taylor Clark a debate now that was before I knew Taylor Widener was gonna be in the rotation but I think I still had some interesting stat uh, some stats and tidbits about those two and their respective careers so uh, you're gonna hear the locker room conversation the first half and the second half of the podcast we got Cameron Cox sports anchor 12 news back on I'm gonna have and, and I'm gonna ask him some tough questions like who is the best player in baseball Mike Trout or Mookie Betts? You guys know it's my favorite question, and you guys know where I stand on that debate. So, jam-packed show for you guys. But first, today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Now, let's get into that conversation about Merrill Kelly and Caleb Smith. A guy who we might not talk enough about, who can be a real X factor for this team is Merrill Kelly, honestly, because if we get 90% of Merrill Kelly from 2020, he's going to be the best pitcher on the staff. Merrill Kelly last year before his thoracic outlet surgery. If you guys remember, Markel Fultz also underwent the same surgery. So Merrill Kelly, Markel Fultz got the same thoracic outlet surgery and Merrill Kelly last year on the mound. Get this. 259 ERA, only five walks allowed in 31 innings pitch. And Merrill Kelly, just such an interesting guy because last year it was only his second season in the big leagues, but he was 31 years old. So he's going to be a 32 year old junior pitcher, I guess, if you want to say, if you're talking about like, uh, you know, how school works, he would be a 31 year old sophomore pitcher. So, uh, Merrill Kelly is someone I'm pretty high on. I don't know if he can exactly duplicate what he did in the 2020 season, but if he could get anything close, I think that's pretty good because uh, he's been a pretty great pitcher so far for the D-backs in his two short seasons. And uh, I think think if he could do it again 
in the 2021 season. It'll be huge for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And then the last guy on that staff who was going to be the number five starter before Zach Allen got hurt is Caleb Smith. And this guy is just going to be a complete enigma heading into this next season. We saw what he did his last year with the Mariners in 2019, and it was not a good season for him. He led the American League in home runs allowed with 33. So I guess he fits right in with this D-backs rotation in terms of giving up home runs. But he was solid in his limited action in 2020. He was battling COVID for, you know, part of the year, and he worked his way back. And he didn't pitch a lot because of it. They had him on a innings limit, and he was pretty good in his limited action. Four earned runs and only 14 innings pitched. So I was pretty happy with what I saw from Caleb Smith in the small, small sample size of 2020. But he's actually had a bigger sample size in spring training. And so far, the results haven't been too good either. He has 17.1 innings pitch, 13 earned runs allowed, 10 walks, 20 strikeouts, though, three home runs allowed at 6'5", 6'75 ERA. So right now, if I had to guess what Caleb Smith is going to be next year, I think he's going to be Robbie Ray, honestly. I think this is a guy who's going to be able to strike out dudes, but I think you're also going to see a lot of days where he's giving up home runs and a lot of walks allowed as well. And we already went through the Robbie Ray experience. This guy was a all-star caliber pitcher in 2017. And then every season since then, it just kind of went downhill. And I don't know exactly what happened to Robbie Ray, why he just started struggling out of nowhere, but Robbie Ray was honestly a big, a big headache. Every time we had Robbie Ray day, it was not a good time, you know, out there on the mound. He was always walking dudes. He was always uh, giving up home runs. He was striking out dudes, which is, which is his specialty, but a lot of pitches, a lot of pitches thrown in every start he had. We got another question here. Diamondbacks, are they sellers at the trade deadline? That's a great question. And I think it's just going to depend how the season goes. I think the D backs, have the talent, depending on that Zach Allen, Zach Allen injury, they have the talent to, I believe, make a wild card spot. It just, again, depends if you're, it, it just depends what version of the D-backs they're getting. If they're getting the 2019 version where they're battling and they're competitive and they, you know, at the end of August, they say, hey, if we go on a good two-week run, we could take that wild card spot. Then I don't think the D-backs are going to be sellers. And of course, the deadline would have been passed by then. So by the deadline, if they think they're in the mix for one to two wild card spots, I don't think they're going to be sellers. But if it was like the 20, the 2020 version of the D-backs, where they were struggling, where they couldn't win games, and then when that deadline came, they traded half of that Marte Parte and Starling Marte, then I think they will be sellers. And if the D-backs are struggling, they're going to be sellers at the deadline. They're all about saving money and they won't get off that massive Bumgarner contract but I don't know right now on the D-backs who they would sell if they were to be sellers I would probably have to look at someone like uh, Stephen Vogt if they want to get Dalton Varsho up on the big league level maybe maybe someone like Eduardo Escobar uh, if they think he's struggling and a contender thinks they can steal him but I don't know too many guys on this D-backs team that other players would really want I think a lot of these players offer more value to the D-backs than other teams but maybe a guy like Cole Calhoun who had just a home run hitting monster who had 16 home runs in 2020 maybe someone like him could be sold at the deadline but if the D-backs are competitive and they're in the mix, then I don't think they're going to be sellers, honestly. It, it all depends on how the season goes. If the D-backs are, you know, 10 games out of it by the time, 10 games out of the wild card spot, 
by the time the deadline rolls around, then I think they will be sellers at the deadline because the D-backs have just so many dudes in their minor leagues that they want to give uh, big league time to. They want to get Dalton Varsho some reps. They would love to give their uh, former first-round pick, Paven Smith, some reps. They would love to see more Josh Rojas. They would love to give some of their younger pitchers some reps, like a J.B. Braskakis, like I mentioned. So we'll see what the D-backs do at the deadline. But again, if they're competitive and they're only a couple games out of the wild card spot, I think they're going to stand firm. And I, I, But if they are competitive by the time the deadline rolls around, I don't think that means they'll be buyers, uh, to say the least. I think maybe they'll try to go and get a bullpen arm, which every team tries to do at the deadline. But outside of that, I don't think they're going to try and do any major trades. I don't think we're going to see any J.D. Martinez coming to the D-backs trades like we saw a couple years ago. The D-backs are just... For whatever reason, they the only time they like to spend money is on dudes past their prime or over the hill like a Zach Greinke, who was still a great pitcher in baseball, but he was older. A Madison Baumgartner who has a lot of mileage on his arm. So whenever they do give out the fat contracts as to the aging pitchers and instead of the, you know, the home run smashing sluggers like a J.D. Martinez. So we'll see what the D-backs do at the deadline. So I don't think they'll be buyers uh, if they're competitive. I think they'll just stay in pat, but if they're non-competitive by the time the deadline rolls around, I definitely think there will be sellers. We'll get into that Taylor Clark versus Alex Young debate, but first, I want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com because with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts a car will ever need in a traditional chain storefront. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, the same for professionals and do-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in there. How did you hear about this box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need, rockauto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Briskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into that conversation about Alex Young or Taylor Clark. These two guys are always in the mix when it comes to being a spot starter or a long reliever for the Arizona Dimebacks. That is Alex Young and Taylor Clark, and both of them have pretty eerily similar career numbers. Taylor Clark, 20 career starts. Alex Young, 22 career starts. Taylor Clark has pitched 128 innings on the big league level. Alex Young, 129. Both of them have a hits per nine of exactly 8.5. Both of them have a strikeouts per nine of exactly 7.6. So both of them 
or pretty much the same kind of pitcher. But if I had to pick, if I had to pick which one I would want to see as the number five starter for this D-backs team with Zach Allen out, I think I'm going to lean Taylor Clark. If you asked me before the 2020 season, I would have told you Alex Young. But based off what I saw in 2020, I think Taylor Clark was a little bit better. A 4-3-6 year rating in 2020 compared to Young's 5-4-4. And in spring training, Taylor Clark has been absolutely phenomenal. 12 innings pitch. Three earned runs, 10 strikeouts, two walks for a 2-2-5 ERA. Meanwhile, Alex Young, five earned runs and only eight innings pitch. Uh, 5-6-3 e, uh, ERA does have eight strikeouts or two walks. So right now, I'm a lean with Taylor Clark over Alex Young. I want to wrap up the pod just by talking about the NL West and talking about, you know, we've seen the Padres. They had an insane offseason. You know, they had the offseason we wished and prayed the D-backs could have had, but Talking about, you know, talking about this, the whole pod, we know the D-backs weren't going to spend any money, but Padres were able to do it, able to acquire dudes like Blake Snell, Hugh Darvish, Joe Musgrove, and they did it without giving up any of their top prospects, honestly, still have Mackenzie Gore in their farm system. Steve Kahn, they robbed the bank in broad daylight. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't give me I'm a Cardinals tangent. Honestly, I'll go in on Steve Kime and the Cliff Kingsbury experience real quick. But honestly, uh, you know, the Padres, they did a lot. I like their rotation a lot. I think their rotation is just as good as the Dodgers. Honestly, I think the Dodgers have more depth because when you think of Gonsal and Dustin May's going to be in their bullpen, those dudes would be like, what? number three starters, this D-backs rotation, those guys are their six and seven starters. So how do you feel about the Padres' offseason moves, and did they do enough to overtake the Dodgers in this division? I feel like they had a great offseason, and I feel like they are even with the Dodgers now. I think those two teams are going to bang for a long time, and I think that's going to be some fun, exciting baseball to watch. There's, I, I love competitive baseball like that. When two teams have stout pitching staffs that they're just going to roll out there for three or four games, offenses that one through nine, where you're just like, man, who do I, who can I walk? Like nobody, you know, because right behind them is somebody pretty good. I think they're pretty even with the Dodgers. I think those two teams will run the table for many years to come. The D-backs are going to play some catch-up for a while. It's, it's going to be tough. It's, I mean, it is what it is. Um, with teams like that, you're just going to have to figure out a way to out to, you know, be better at the small things. And um, we'll just see if the D-backs can assemble a team like that over time. It's not going to happen this year. It probably won't happen next year. So it's, it's going to be a while that you're going to see the Dodgers – and the Padres atop the division. They're just loaded with talent and pitching, and it's just going to be what it is in the NL West uh, for probably a few, five, four, five, six, seven years. Yeah, and the scary thing about the Dodgers is they keep adding young talent to that mix, homegrown talent as that. So it's not just acquiring guys like Mookie Betts. Not done. That's why it's so important. The, the developing talent. They've sucked at it for a long time. Excuse my language. It just is what it is. But it's like they just haven't been able to develop that homegrown talent that the Dodgers have been able to do through their farm system. So that's what the D-backs have to do these next couple of years to catch up with teams like the Dodgers. Yeah, and right now I think the D-backs are – I think I could safely say they're the third most talented team in the division, but I, I don't think that gets you a wild card spot. We'll see. The Giants are feisty, so I'm not going to count them out, but I think we can all agree the Rockies are the bottom feeders in the division, to put it nicely. Listen, I would like to think that. Listen, I've, I've thought that before, but like this D-backs team has got to prove it. Until they don't until they don't prove it – excuse me, until they prove it, 
they're last. I mean, it's just as, you're as good as your record was <laughs> last year. They didn't do much to upgrade this team. Like, what makes you think this team's going to be so much better if guys can go out and prove that they were the players they were two years ago? That's the theme. That's the motto. That's the goal, period, for this team. And so, if not, they'll be down there with the Rockies and the Giants competing for last place uh, if they can't get some of the production that they saw two years ago from a lot of the guys on their roster. We'll get into a conversation with Cameron Cox about who is the best baseball player in baseball. But first, I want to talk to you guys about BetOnline because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code LOCKEDON. We have been telling you about Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Bilt Bar is the amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now's the time to find out which Bilt Bar is the best. It is Bilt Bar Madness. Today's matchup, cookies and cream versus cookie dough chunk. And this is by far the the toughest matchup of them all. I think this might even be the championship. I'm going to have to ride with cookies and cream just because... Oreo is my favorite cookie in the world. And if you want to vote, go to BuiltBar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use that promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKS15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod with Cameron Cox. Now, I want to get your one final take from you. I heard uh, I heard you say earlier in the pod, you know a good baseball player when you see it. So I want to know, who is the best player in baseball, Mookie Betts or Mike Trout? <laughs> you going to make me on the record say this? Oh, so on that the was record. On, on, on uh, Mookie Betts. Because <sighs> I'm... I, I you I, I'm gonna say Mike Trout. I think Mike Trout is the best. He is such a good hitter. It's it's so much fun to watch him hit. My dad and I talk about this all the time. My, I grew up listening to stories. My dad talked about Pete Rose and just he remembers like certain at bats. It's very weird. This is how nerdy we get sometimes with baseball. But he remembers like certain at bats with Pete Rose, where like he did this and that and laid off these pitches and was able to do this with the ball and that and drive it there. And somebody was there and he hit it over. Mike Trout is that kind of hitter. Like he's just such a really good hitter and great defensive guy too as well. Um, I think Mookie Betts is coming though. Like it, you know what you know what this is. This is like LeBron and Jordan. Like Jordan yeah. is one. Of, LeBron is one B. Why can't we just all be happy? Why we got to pick who's better? You know, one I know are in the same boat. In the same plane, in the same car, in the same lane. So, um, but if you had to, if you made me say one, I would say Mike Trout now, Mookie Betts in a few years. Maybe I gotta, 
I got to ask the question because for most people, it's not even a question. Most people I talk to, they think I'm a hot take artist when I say Mookie Betts is the best player in baseball because I get it. Mike Trout, if you looked at the numbers, he probably has the argument. But I think Mookie Betts has the intangibles, this electricity to him that just radiates throughout the locker room that I don't think Mike Trout really has, honestly. He's a great player, don't get me wrong. He's one of the best players of all time but I think Mookie Betts the way he plays his style play I think he just makes the little winning plays and just gets I think his energy just radiates to all his teammates and they feed off of it honestly I don't think I I can say that about Mike Trout because he's boring Uh, he's a little boring that's okay all right interesting I wouldn't do that but I mean hey each his own each his own He's a great player, but who am I sitting down in front of the TV to watch? I mean, Mookie Betts with that energy when he when he's robbing home runs. Mike Trout can rob home runs, too, and we've yeah. seen him be excited. But when Mookie Betts does it, I think it just gives me a little bit of a different feel, honestly. So I ride with Mookie Betts over Mike Trout, but I don't hate anyone who says that way. Trout's the Angels never been able to surround him with any talent else worth watching, so. Yeah, I get that. I get I, – I totally – The Dodgers are on more. Because they got more talent. So then you can see all the Mookie excitement. The Angels never on TV because they ain't got no talent around Mike Trout. So you never get to see the Trout excitement. But I it, agree. It's hard to pick against Mike Trout. It just, re- it just really – Mookie Betts a great baseball player. Phenomenal baseball player. Uh, and I think he could be one of the best baseball players in this league, the face of the league, for many years to come. He's got that kind of potential. That's, that's different than potential we were talking about earlier. Like, potential we were talking about earlier, we just hoping he could turn into a good baseball player. Mookie Betts is a great baseball player who has potential to be the face of the league for years to come. So it's never a bad thing to be discussing those types of things with players like that. Mm-hmm. And I get category, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I get it. You know, Mike Trout, he's never had the talent. And I totally agree. The pitching staff has been awful. But if you ever want to do a fun exercise, go look up any all-time rankings list, you know, top 50 players all time. Mike Trout's literally the only guy in the top 50 all time who has one playoff hit through the first 10, 11 years of his career. It's the least successful resume of any all-time great. And that's honestly just a fact. And it's not even his fault, really. He's been on one of the worst teams in all of baseball. But I can't hate the guy who goes to one team and then switches teams and he still wins world series and he's arguably the main reason for doing it so it's probably the biggest reason why i lean mookie Betts. of course winning isn't everything especially in a sport like baseball but i still like the competition aspect i feel like baseball has become too analytic driven it's not enough about the what's actually happening on the field and the, the competition aspect yeah baseball the analytics of baseball is just it's crazy but that's every sport now so i think mm-hmm. we have to deal with it you know we talked about the shift earlier that's the only thing I wish they would regulate a little bit. Um, think of it as like metal or wooden bat type of regulation. Like, I don't know. It's it, it's tough to do that in games. Uh, like, are you going to tell a defense they can't run a 3-4 defense? You can only run a 4-3 defense. Are you going to tell, you know, somebody in basketball they can't play man-to-man? They can only play zone. You know what I mean? Like, that thing is tough to do. I just think the shift in baseball has pushed the analytics so much like that it's taken some of the fun out of the game. And I, I, if there's one thing that I think could be improved about baseball, it's limiting the shift. I know in the minor leagues this year, they're doing some things like that. I saw where like, I think some of the infielders can't get on the grass anymore. You have to have a certain amount. Uh, it's different in like double, single, A, triple A. You have to have a certain amount on one side of the bag. So I, I like that. I, I just think there's some tweaking that can be done with the shift that would make the game a little like it used to be. Like it used to be, 
and uh, a little bit more fun and uh, what I think would showcase these guys' skills a little bit more uh, than just moving, you know, everyone over to the left side and then driving me crazy because these guys can't hit it over to the right side. Yeah, we see different sports call different things illegal defense. NBA took out hand checking. We've seen the NFL really tighten up some of their defensive rules. So baseball could do the same thing and say, hey, maybe can we shift, you know, five times a game or whatever, or something like what you're saying with the minor league. So I, I'm all, you know, I'm all in favor, as I said earlier in the pot, about doing anything that increases run production. I'm all about the offense, baby. I'm all about the offense in all sports. Just take away defense, honestly. Just make defense as a whole, you know, illegal. Don't even put any players in the outfield just let dudes and from the second base try to go out on the outfield and try to go pick up those fly balls honestly i do not care i just want to see yep. more runs on the board all right there, there you go i will right, we'll go we'll, we'll just go watch cricket then <laughs> yeah we'll go watch cricket but cameron thanks for hopping on today's pod where can the people go find you on social media uh cam cox 12 instagram twitter cameron cox 12 news on facebook uh, uh also uh five six and ten on 12 News during the week, and of course, 12 Sports tonight, uh, Sunday night, 12 News at 10.30. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast, and remember to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or look up Locked on Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram, and remember, the Locked on MLB Division preview series continues on Locked on MLB Today. Every episode from now until the 31st features in-depth looks at each team in every division. It's all on the Locked On MLB podcast feed right now. Follow Locked On MLB on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, tomorrow's the last crossover before opening day. We're doing it with Javi Reyes of Locked On Padres. And then on Thursday, on the Locker Room app, we're going live pre-game, heading into the first couple innings. And then we're going live once again post-game. And, you know, for the last couple innings as well. So go follow us on the Locker Room app. Me, at Miller Thomas. I'm not too sure where Javi's is, but I'm pretty sure you can find it on his Twitter. Just look up Javi Reyes on the Locker Room app. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy out there. Deuces!